0: welcome to the house of cinema podcast i am your host joe aragon sydney volpe is here with me and in the house today a discussion on all of the movies i was going to say good movies in april but there were some stinkers in april but we're recapping april sydney first off how are you it's been a while kind of a while but how are you tell us how you are
1: it's been a little bit i'm good Um, I'm riding on a high today because the Dune 2 trailer dropped.
0: Yeah, Dune, I'm Dune pill. I'm so excited for Dune. Yeah,
1: the trailer was epic, but
0: I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Also riding on the high from Dune. Also because I'm moving to a different city. Only two hours away, but moving kind of sucks ass. So I'm riding on that energy, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, you'll get through. Moving sucks. But I was impressed that you were packing as early as you were as a chronic procrastinator.
0: True, true. I know I had to start packing early. So I'll get through it. You're right. But a little stressed out. Regardless, we both found a way to watch around 14 movies in April out of like the 20 movies released. Is this a record for you? Because it feels like a record for me.
1: It was a lot. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't feel like a lot as I was doing it. But I guess I had a lot of like double features at the movies this month. Yeah, 14s a lot but there were also a lot of like significant releases this month i feel like
0: do you feel like april was good or do you feel like it was bad or do you feel like it was average how are you feeling about april
1: i do feel like april was good i've i had a few i don't think i gave anything above yeah i didn't give anything above four stars but i had a few four star movies like several three and a halves that honestly there were only like three or four that i thought that were like actively not great so yeah i thought so do you agree
0: i agree completely it's funny i was thinking about the year and all these months because we're entering summer movie season so i'm thinking about june i'm thinking about july i'm thinking about barbie and oppenheimer and across mm-hmm. the spider-verse and i'm thinking about the months we've had so far because march i thought was a, a banging month i mean we got john wick Four and we got creed and we got uh Scream Six. We had some Dungeons and Dragons in March. We had some like really good movies in March, I feel like. And April I I wanna say it was average, but I kind of agree with you in the sense that I have had a few movies here at a four, a few three and a halves and threes. Not a ton at like below one or two. Um so I guess it's a quietly just a, a good month, a solid month. I guess I I kind of underestimated it. Maybe I'm not giving April enough credit. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's a little weird like I feel like there were like several movies that I kind of gave, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll throw it a 3 star. Like like I didn't feel super passionately about it, but it was just okay, and I think that's yeah. what made me feel like April was kind of just like meh.
0: Maybe that's what it oh. is. Yeah. I'm realizing uh, I'm looking at the 20 movies we're going to talk about. Well, not 20. We're not going to go in depth. Each of each Let me, let me back up. If you haven't heard uh, Sydney, as I, we've done this recap before we've recapped almost every month this year. If you haven't heard a recap before, what we do, we, we play yay or nay. Should you watch it? Should you not watch it? We kind of go in depth a little bit here and there. Some of these, we won't, some of them we will. Um, so and then we'll talk about the movies we missed and and so forth. But I'm looking at the 20 movies here, Sydney, and we forgot one big one. <laughs> is it the
1: Chucky documentary?
0: No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. shit. It's I, a movie that okay, probably ranked it? last for both of us, but we just failed to mention it in this list.
1: Uh Oh, I I literally have no idea.
0: That's so funny. Okay, we're gonna get to it in a second. I'm gonna say it, and you're be like, "Oh my god, I completely forgot about it." It's it's okay. so bad you probably erased it from your memory. To be honest. Okay. Okay, we'll get there. <laughs> so let's start okay. off April because we have so many movies to go through. Let's start off the the month started with the Super Mario Brothers movie. Do you say Mario or Mario?
1: mario who the fuck says mario Unless a lot you're from, like, of people Staten say mario. island
0: <laughs> a lot of people say mario i was on tiktok today and someone's like the super mario brothers movie i'm like what mario
1: what i've not heard that anywhere
0: well you will now watch um anyways super mario brothers movie came out i actually don't think we like had a chance to discuss it between you and i how'd you feel about it i, I legitimately don't know
1: um, I know there are a lot that I feel like your thoughts are a mystery to me, but I like I liked the Super Mario Bros. movie. I I'm like a big time like I played a ton of Mario games growing up, and so I had a feeling like you know it came out to the bad critic reception and everything. Everyone was all up in arms about oh rotten it's just tomatoes. a kids movie, yeah. Literally.
0: Down <laughs> with Rotten Tomatoes! Are, like,
1: too harsh on it. It's just a movie for kids. Blah blah blah. Um, and I had a feeling there would be things about it that I liked, but I would also agree with the critiques about the story and all of that. And that's kind of how it went. But I can't deny that, like, it's it was gorgeous visually. Like, seeing it in IMAX was really nice. And it was, like, fun. It was cool to see the game kind of um, come to life. But, yeah, I don't really know what you thought about it.
0: I'm in the same camp. I, I feel like I had higher expectations than most people maybe because i was i saw the trailer and i thought it was a fantastic trailer maybe it's because the cast was i thought stacked minus a couple people here and there maybe the the trailer visually like you said is gorgeous it looks great so i feel like i went in with slightly higher expectations i guess i could also blame like puss in boots the last wish i feel like the last few animated movies we've gotten have been pretty good so I don't know. I thought I was expecting a little bit more from it. Yeah, it lacks in the storytelling, and it moves at a blistering pace. I mean, this is like a 90-minute oh, yeah. movie, and we're just fucking flying through this movie, which is pretty <laughs> crazy. But I can't deny that I, too, had a good time. Like, it's, it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's definitely geared towards kids. It's already made a billion dollars. Clearly, children are seeing it. I feel like... Every time I've gone to the theater this month in April, I have seen people walking out of the theater with their kids and they're holding like fucking Mario hats or like little posters or something like that. Clearly, they're going to watch this multiple times. So, you know, the argument that it's a kid's movie, so therefore it can't be good is kind of bullshit. But also there is, I believe, some credence to that. I don't know. How do you feel about that?
1: No, I agree. But I also think that like people see like the 56% score or whatever it is at this point. I mean, critics kind of just thought it was mid. Like everyone yeah. was acting like critics said like this is like a the worst movie ever. The Marmaduke movie means or something. That, yeah, like it just means that like X percent of critics rated it positively. And I think it's at like that like more more often than not critics rated it positively. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I feel like everyone agreed that it was just fine. Exactly. Nothing, nothing crazy story-wise. And, um, oh, what did you think of, of the voice acting of the cast?
0: I thought everybody was A-okay. I think that's putting it nicely, if I'm being honest. I thought everybody was kind of lazy. Besides Jack Black, I thought Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach was... Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. I thought Chris Pratt as Mario yeah. was... Chris Pratt as Mario. I I thought no one... Seth Rogen was just fucking Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. (laughs) Besides Jack Black and maybe... um, Who plays Toad? Keegan-Michael Key? Oh, Keegan-Michael Key, yep. Besides those two, everybody else is just fucking talking into a mic. It's not overly impressive, nor is it terrible, but this is a movie that makes me feel like man i miss voice actors i miss when people whose job was to provide voice to these characters had an opportunity to do these movies because it's kind of shitty we're in this era where celebrities are just fucking voicing these characters now because there's not a lot of i don't know there's not a lot of character behind it It just feels like these fucking people are talking how do you feel
1: yeah no, I completely agree. I forget which movie it was where there there was a huge uh discourse era that broke out. And maybe it was when some of the Mario um, cast was announced that they were like, you know, there are people who have been actually voicing, you know, the guy who actually voices Mario in the games or whatever. Like, they're not even going to be, you know, given their flowers for this because cause voice actors that are actually really talented and have voiced iconic characters are often just completely unknown to the general public and they want to just get these these like A-list stars to do it to get people in the theater. I mean, I get it, but I totally agree with you that you know, there's a, just a little bit of pizzazz missing when you're like, okay, yeah, this is just like Fucking an actor Seth Rogen laughing as Donkey yeah, Kong. <laughs> <laughs> but I I will say there's a joke in the movie that i thought was legitimately so fucking funny when um they're in whatever hap- like they they like crash off rainbow road and and mario and donkey kong are washed up together and he's like do you know what i'm talking about
0: i don't remember like, this no
1: he's like oh my dad thinks i'm a failure and mario goes yeah my my dad thinks i'm a failure too and it's like a nice moment and then donkey kong goes yeah but your dad was right <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember that oh my god I, I do
0: remember that now that you're bringing it up but i thought it was, was funnier so funny. when you were retelling it than it was in the movie <laughs> I, <feel like. laughs> I was
1: like fair enough mario movie that was pretty funny i
0: like the star that was super nihilistic and just waiting for his death the entire movie oh yeah
1: <laughs> that was pretty funny
0: uh okay yay or nay mario
1: it's a, yeah i say yay i do think that like i'll have now that they've kind of gotten the first one out of the way and it was successful i do think i'll have higher uh expectations for I will as these will movies going forward if they if they do more i'd love yeah. to see a luigi's
0: mansion movie luigi's mansion movie i mean the potential for spinoffs is just Astronomic. They can go it's to endless. a million different movies, you know, and, and it, it's almost kind of frightening how many spin offs they could do with this series. I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we're going to be entering this, this Mario cinematic universe, a different MCU.
1: The new MCU. <laughs> the new MCU.
0: <laughs> Sincerely, like, we could get a Luigi's Mansion. We can get a whole Donkey Kong country. We can go into Peach and Daisy, and it can get pretty wild. And there's already discussions on, like, well, do we bring in, like, all all these zelda and all the super smash brothers shit so it's like kind of concerning (laughs) because that when they are overproducing that kind of content typically it's bad like let's just be honest it's bad so i don't know we'll i guess we'll guess we'll see
1: well i guess like my last point on that would be that i think that with these things i don't know if it would ever get to that level because i think that like it was a cool like event to happen for the first one, but if there's no story, all that's left is kind of the visuals and once you see the gameplay on the big screen, then it's like you could just be playing the game. Like I feel like I feel like people wouldn't would kind of lose interest.
0: I mean, as long as it's bringing in money, I don't think they give a shit. Yeah. I mean, this movie I, made a billion we'll dollars see. in a month. In a month it's made a billion dollars. That like, is like,
1: actually crazy
0: wild it's wild maybe we should
1: have done a a mario podcast i know i'm I'm looking at this (laughs) like
0: maybe we should have talked about mario anyways it's still a yay for me and i'm still interested in the sequels and like you i still have higher expectations for it i just am curious to see how far they push this franchise that's my yeah where i'm at right now uh okay yay on mario the next movie is air ben affleck's air the story about creating the air jordan this is a big yay for me. How about you?
1: Yeah, you had this ranked really high. I mean, it's a yay for me also. Did um, I? I thought
0: I ranked it like four or five.
1: Oh, did you? Yeah. I forget what I even had it ranked. I think um so. What did you give it? What rating did you give
0: it? I gave it a four out of five.
1: Okay, I give it a three and a
0: half. Interesting. Yeah, Why, I mean, uh... I really enjoyed it. Okay.
1: Why not a four? I, I think that... It it kind of checked all the boxes of like these like, you know the heartwarming uh, biopics with like you know quippy humor and 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 the star studded cast, but I think it like it didn't quite have that like oomph that you get that we got from like um, the Big Short or like Tetris. something like that. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, come again. Disconnect.
0: Call disconnected. Can't wait for
1: BlackBerry. Okay, what my Ball friends the movie? saw. I didn't even know that was real until uh, recently.
0: Yeah. BlackBerry but looks yeah. great. I'm excited for BlackBerry.
1: Okay, I hear that it's actually legitimately great. I I have a friend who gave it five stars, and that's oh. like legit. Like
0: he doesn't do that. Oh wow! I know the social network of twenty twenty three. Okay,
1: Glenn Howerton moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, yeah. I completely
0: understand your your stance on air. I I really juggled between three and a half and four because it does check all the boxes. It has its comedy, it has its emotional moment, it has its monologue, it has. You know, the certain star-studded moments with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and Byron Davis. and It's just, like, it hits all the check marks of, like, what makes a solid movie and a very fun movie-watching experience. But, like, it's fairly straightforward. It's a biopic of a very famous, famous shoe and person that we all know the outcome to. So there's not really any, like, tension, not really any moments of, like, pure excitement. It's just, I don't know, a good time at the movies. That's how I felt about it.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was super well executed. Just everyone loves an underdog story and Ben Affleck is like a great director. I thought Matt Damon was so good in it. Yeah, Viola Davis. Ben Cena? Affleck is so freaking funny in this movie. Oh yeah, he was great too. Chris
0: Messina is the secret MVP, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I agree actually. I was just going to say I liked Ben Affleck's outfits.
0: Ah, uh, and it, what his bare like a feet. Lot
1: and his bare feet
0: (laughs) (laughs) for free ben affleck for free i
1: know the dogs are out
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah big yay who wouldn't like it you know i know so i said in my review i'm like very few people are gonna walk out of this movie and not think yeah that was a good good time there were some people on the internet though who were like oh, this is going to win Best Picture. Ben Affleck's win Best Director. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> back, <laughs> back up, back up. It's, it's April. <laughs> it's April, and it's it's good. It's not that good. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, Mafia Mama. Did you watch Mafia Mama?
1: No, I didn't, That's okay. unfortunately. You
0: got, you're not missing out too much. Although, I will say about Mafia Mama, funnier than I thought it was going to be. Funnier than I thought it was going to really?
1: be. Really? Was Tony Collette funny?
0: She was very funny in it, yeah. She's... Basically, she plays a woman who is sex deprived and she's like going through a divorce. So she goes to Italy because her great grandfather, her grandfather is a mob boss who died. So she has to handle his affairs, gets thrust into the mafia life and like is just like parading around. Like, I want to have sex, but I also want to figure out the mafia. It's just like a ridiculous movie. What? You just made it sound awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like. You go into those movies kind of expecting the worst, and then when it makes you laugh a couple of times, it ends up being a good time. So it's that kind of movie.
1: Okay. Was she American in the movie?
0: She was. She was American. Because
1: she's she's from what, New Zealand?
0: New Zealand or Australia. One, of those, one yeah. of those ones. Yeah.
1: I did not know that.
0: I know a lot of people were shocked by it because there was like a bunch of interviews going around for this movie, and people were like, whoa, she's not American. Yeah. Which is pretty surprising to people, I think. Queen. Um,
1: why Why do you think she did this movie? if it's not very good i feel like tony collette doesn't have to do bad movies that's a
0: great question we should ask tony collette that i don't know <laughs> money i guess i don't know sometimes it's hard to turn on a paycheck actors have got to work uh, i don't that's know true. but i don't know that's a good question i I really don't know never good i never thought her. of it like that <laughs> 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 uh, well it just my, seems like so random it is random. I mean, especially from somebody who's coming off like, "Well, what's the last thing she's done?"
1: I mean, Hereditary was big, but that was like that when was, 2016, was
0: that?
1: 2017? What? I think it was twenty seventeen.
0: It wasn't it wasn't recently. That's for sure. And
1: maybe I don't know.
0: Let me check for you. Oh, she was a Knives Out, which was very oh, popular. that's right. Um, let's see here. Newest movies from Tony Collette. She was in The Staircase on HBO, which I know is very popular. She was in Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare oh, Alley. Oh, yeah. That was a great movie. I like that movie. Um, she's going to be in Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. She's going to be in Mickey 17, Bong Joon-ho's Mickey 17. Oh, my God. Now that I'm looking yeah, at this so... filmography, it, it definitely stands out. Well, no. Th- oh, okay. Yeah, here's, mama. Here's, here's what's interesting about Tony Collette. So her filmography goes like this, Mafia Mama, random, Nightmare Alley, Oscar contender. I'm thinking of Ending Things, a like movie that a lot of people love and a lot of people hate, but you know, Knives Out, she's in a movie called Dream Horse, no idea what this is, but it shows a picture of Tony Collette in a really bad bad wig, like (laughs) holding a horse, Nice. So it it looks like Tony Kled just does whatever the fuck she wants. She just does whatever. She does whatever. Good for her. Queen. Queen. Okay. The Pope's Exorcist.
1: Well, wait. Is Mafia Mama a yay or a nay?
0: It's a nay. It's still a nay. (laughs) But if you're having a couple wines at night and you're like winding down and you're like, I'm going to turn on something that's low stakes, go for Mafia Mama. That's the only situation. Noted. Okay. The Pope's Exorcist. (laughs)
1: yeah what do you want me to (laughs) (laughs) is that a prompt I don't know what to say
0: (laughs) that was your cue to start just you know giving us the the best about the Pope's exorcist I wish I could speak I would respond with
1: the picture of him on his moped (laughs) I wish I could speak images
0: were we bamboozled into thinking this was amazing
1: I think a little bit like like there were some select individuals who saw this and were on Letterboxd like four out of five stars like, unironically rocks, and I was like oh fuck yeah like I feel like I can get into this he's Italian it's Russell Crowe I love exorcism movies he's on a moped and has a little hat (laughs) but no I kind of thought it sucked. (laughs)
0: There's 199 sequels planned. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yes, they already greenlit a sequel. I'm like, why?
0: Wild. I know. I don't think this movie's made enough money for even. I don't. Maybe I I haven't checked, but
1: no, it did not do well. And so I guess I don't know. Maybe it's just because they have Russell Crowe. They feel like they'll be able to bring people in again. But Russell Crowe
0: signed a contract with the real devil, and that's why he's stuck (laughs) doing a sequel.
1: (gasps) Maybe. So meta. Um, but yeah, I thought I I love telling this story because this had never happened to me before. But when I saw this movie, there was someone sitting in the front row who fell asleep three times. And I've never heard someone like snore in the theater. I, I don't know if that happens. Like, I've had someone roll a blunt next to me and smoke the whole thing. It happened the to theater. me during
0: 80 for Brady, someone fell asleep. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they were sense, soaring so the loud.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> they were like, Half should we call someone?
0: For <laughs> being let off a bus from the senior center <laughs> did they, so? bring,
1: did they bring their sleep apnea machine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this person (laughs) fell asleep, was snoring so loud that like the person behind them had to wake them up. And this happened three times. I'm like, why don't you just leave?
0: That's wild. If you're just
1: going to keep falling asleep. But I didn't even blame them. I thought the movie was pretty boring, except for the The ending. The end. I knew it was pretty cool. Why did it go so hard?
0: I don't know why they just didn't do that from the beginning. The ending was pretty cool. I like the ending a lot. I I kind of was hoping for something a little bit better like you. I feel like I was bamboozled by some people who were like, yeah, this is good. It's cool. And I don't know. It was very basic, not really entertaining until the very end. I don't know. I was was kind of shocked by how just plain Jane it was. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was so generic. And you could definitely tell that, I mean, at least maybe it's because we just talked so much about The Exorcist, but I feel like it was pulling from the exorcist a lot but just doing it in like the lamest of ways yeah um and it's it's like i thought there was a lot of potential because it's based on this real exorcist um aren't they all though uh, they're They're all all based on real
0: exorcists
1: yeah but how the fuck did he do i was like how does a guy do 200 exorcism i thought this was supposed to be rare and one guy (laughs) did 200
0: well like we'll find out
1: like, we'll find out i can't wait I'm on, I'm on the edge of my seat <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was very like painfully generic and thin i think the only like kind of fun and campy part of it was russell crowe's performance and i thought he was pretty funny
0: yeah I, liked yeah, I his, think so. his
1: attitude
0: did you see my litter box review what was it oh it's currently the currently the top letterbox review right now not to uh, give myself some dabs but i thought it was pretty (laughs) funny if i'm being completely honest what is it here's what i wrote for the pope's exorcist are you ready yeah the year is 2143 the pope's exorcist chapter 120 has been released russell crowe's consciousness has been uploaded into an ai movies are consumed by chewing a piece of gum the movie wins 30 (laughs) academy awards it makes a trillion dollars the Pope's Exorcist is the most profitable franchise of all time. <laughs> Statues of Russell Crowe are erected. Approximately 60% of babies are named Russell. 20% are named Crowe. War cease. Life expectancy increases by 7%. Crowism is reported to be more popular than Catholicism <laughs> and Christianity combined. 30 more sequels are ordered. The continents have formed Pangea again. Pluto is reinstated as a planet. A tenth planet is found. <laughs> it's been called... Amorth in honor of the Pope's exorcist. Get
1: a job, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> oh my God! Wait, that's actually really fucking funny. Uh, well done.
0: Thank you, thank you. <laughs> the Pope's exorcist, everybody. <laughs> it's a nay.
1: <laughs> it's a nay. <laughs> wow! Well done, Joe. I d- I didn't know you had it in you.
0: Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Brenfield. That's your cue.
1: Say something. <laughs> <laughs> Renfield. Uh, yeah. Renfield. I know I, a lot of these movies, I'm just like, I wish I could be like, yeah, like this was so fun and so good. I thought Redfield was fine.
0: Is my humor broken because it made me laugh a lot?
1: It made me laugh a lot, too.
0: But I feel like a lot of people were telling me. This movie is just not funny. And I was like, I, that's I, the one thing I liked about it. I thought it was very funny. And I think the gore is extreme, but it's used in a very comical way. Nicolas Cage kicks ass as Nicolas Cage as Dracula. But yeah, like, it could have... Yes, it could have been so much better. There's a lot that's, like, going on. I'm like, what are you doing with Aquafina's character? That whole, like, departed subplot is just fucking stupid. Yeah. But... I don't know. I still laughed a lot and thought it was thought it was funny. I don't know.
1: What did you give it? Because I think that I thought that like we kind of debated about this, and I think I might have liked it more than you.
0: I ended up giving it a three out of five, but like when I left the theater, it felt more like a three and a half.
1: Yeah, and I think it's one of those movies. I also ended up giving it a three. Um, one of those movies where you have fun in the moment but you kind of instantly forget about like most of it and so you're like, what do I give this? Like do I give it what I think of it now or do I give it like what I felt in the theater? And I think we agree that yeah, like yeah, that mob subplot, it's just like random and I feel like it takes away like if they somehow expanded on like the really good part which I thought was like how they made it really funny like this dynamic between renfield and dracula and how he goes to like you know the meeting of like you know codependence anonymous or whatever and it's like oh dracula's a narcissist and (laughs) like stuff like that i thought that was genius and at times so funny and nicholas holt i thought was really good as renfield nick cage's dracula every single fucking line delivery i was like this is the greatest thing ever
0: well, that's the issue, is that, I, well, one, I completely agree with you, but the issue I have with it is that they set it up as Nicolas Cage is the villain of the movie, but they introduced this whole mob that's also the villain of the movie, and it just waters down what was already kind of interesting about the movie, what was great about the movie. And that's a shame. If they would have just expanded on Nicolas Cage as Dracula, and that whole lore and that relationship, movie could have been a banger.
1: yeah. I agree. I don't really know why. I know. I'm trying to think, like, why would they bring the mob thing in? Like, is there not enough to go on if it's just like Renfield and Dracula? But you can come up with something, I'm sure. It's fucking
0: Dracula. Come on. Yeah. It's not like it's a, a new character you invented. Dracula's been in fucking history for years. Anyways, uh, it's yeah, still a well, yay. A soft. I yay. think it's a yay.
1: It's a good yay to watch at home.
0: Yes. It is on you know, VOD now. Fun. So, like if you want to turn it on, I don't I think most people would turn it on and like probably enjoy it. Also it's short. It's another short movie, so
1: it's short. It is very gory, but not in the way that it's like gross. Scary. It's just kind of fun and like very clearly fake.
0: Yep. Agreed. So and
1: I like I like that kind of thing.
0: Cool. Uh the movie Paint with Owen Wilson. Did you watch that?
1: No, I didn't. And and I was excited for it, but then I saw how bad the reviews were and i think it literally made like twenty dollars and i was like
0: that is insane i I did not watch it (laughs) i'm surprised it's a theatrical release it screams like apple release
1: oh my god screams it right and i would have watched it i know that's what's interesting about this conversation of like oh things should go to theaters like things shouldn't go to streaming so quickly but this i would have watched uh instantly if it was on streaming
0: well Instead of watching that, we did watch a different movie on Apple that was streamable.
1: Ghosted.
0: That's the one we forgot from earlier. Is that?
1: Oh my god, really? <laughs> I I must have Holy shit. Yeah, I guess I just didn't even notice that you didn't list it off.
0: Ghosted, the action rom-com starring Anna DiArmas and Chris Evans. Wow. What a fucking stinker. <laughs> This movie was bad and it I'm I am shocked by good. the amount of people who were commenting on my video recently saying I had fun with Ghosted. It was a good time. They have great chemistry. I uh, what what movie are you watching? Um
1: yeah, I I honestly I can kind of see what they're saying. Like I think at the beginning I was pleasantly surprised with the kind of like sass that they both brought to the film. And I was like, okay, this actually kind of has like a little bit of an edge to it. Because they're both good actors. But... Mm. oh, oh. <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: I think we've reached a well, point where... Well, I think they're where... both
1: good. I don't think they're both great. Otherwise, they yeah. wouldn't be doing Ghosted on Apple TV.
0: I mean, they're both hot. I think is yes. also a good point. And that's probably why they did Ghosted on Apple TV. I think that Chris Evans is a good actor, but he hasn't done anything since Knives Out that screams great actor, like you mentioned. Ana de Armas is kind of same same boat, where she was great in Knives Out, great in Blade Runner, but has been kind of like hit or miss with a lot of these projects recently. And I don't know. I think that I need one more great movie from both of them to really stand in the camp like, yes, these are two great actors. That's
1: true, actually. I know they both have it in them. We've seen I it. Think I so lo- Chris Evans and Snowpiercer. Like, I love that movie. Snowpiercer's great his performance.
0: Scott Pilgrim. He's great in Scott Pilgrim. Right. So, he has it in him. And I think so does Ana de Armas. But, like, lately, they just, it feels like they've been phoning it in. But, yeah.
1: Know.
0: How many yeah, times do you think they I- said the word taxman in the movie?
1: <laughs> Can we get an official count on this? Just give
0: me an official taxman count, please. That would be great.
1: I'd say upwards of 70.
0: They said that word so many fucking times. So
1: many. And then they played the song.
0: Oh, I know. Which counts. (laughs) I saw this great Letterbox review that said they forgot Chris Evans had asthma like 30 minutes into the movie. They just completely. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They stopped addressing the fact that that he had asthma. Okay.
1: Here's my thing is that I'm like, why the fuck are you having Chris Evans play the farmer? The, like, wimpy farmer who it's like, oh, I've never left the country. Like, you know, I'm scared of everything. Like, I, Ana de Armas, like, wipes the floor with me in, like, a sprinting competition. And it's Chris Evans.
0: I, I, I have no idea. Makes no sense to me. The I assume that's why they gave him asthma because there's no way he loses a fucking <laughs> race up the exorcist stairs to Ana de Armas unless he has asthma that... Oh yeah, it
1: was because he had asthma. I guess.
0: I guess. I don't know. What a movie. I just.
1: What a movie. When
0: people say the rom com genre is dying, it's because we're getting movies like Ghosted.
1: I agree, and and even though there were like, sure, some parts like you can be like baseline entertained, but it truly, it truly like everyone's calling it the Chat GPT movie, and it it is. It's just Mm -hmm. like it feels like it was spat out of a machine, and so it's like sure there could be a worse movie than this but i don't like what it represents i agree and what it says about where we're
0: headed i completely agree with that it is a little concerning it is a chat gpt movie i don't know and it's it's sad because we got rye lane in march which we both really loved oh my god excellent rom-com so so good yeah they're out there but when we're inundated with you know these a-list celebrities working for apple and netflix and all these other companies just pooping out these shitty ass movies <laughs> you know it's it's rough I, I get why people say rom-coms suck now I, I understand i get it yes they do when we get ghosted and your place or mine like yeah they do
1: well we're gonna get the glenn powell sydney sweeney one soon
0: that looks fantastic and I haven't even seen a trailer or a poster, but it's rated R and it has Glenn Powell in it, and that's enough for me to watch it.
1: I couldn't believe what I saw about people saying that they don't want rated R rom coms. People are
0: fucking prudes. <laughs> that's that's why <laughs> we need that's to bring wild back. To me. Uh, yeah, we do. And I'm excited for the Jennifer Lawrence like kind of like raunchy comedy. That's I don't think okay. it's a rom com, but it's like a raunchy comedy.
1: It looks actually good, right?
0: Looks very funny. We need to bring and she's back so funny. these movies. I think she's very funny as well. I'm, a, I'm a I totally fan. agree. Uh, okay. Ghosted
1: was not one of them.
0: Yay or nay on Ghosted? Big nay. Big nay. I tax agree. Taxman. Taxman. I'm the taxman. You're the taxman? man. I'm the taxman. Tax tax <laughs> Are you the taxman's boyfriend? Fucking taxman.
1: <laughs> he doesn't know I'm the taxman.
0: Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, a movie that we both saw. I'll admit to you this. One... When I walked out, I was feeling pretty negative about it. I took some time. I feel just okay about it now. Less less negative, but still not amazing about it. Um, I think it has some of the Guy Ritchie flair in terms of its action. Um, and I think the drama aspect of it works when Jake Gyllenhaal is not involved. But I don't know. I'm not sure if I love the ending message. It feels super like pro-military jingoistic in a way. Um But I thought it was a fine watch, and I feel like most people who watch The Covenant will end up liking it. How did you feel?
1: I kind of completely agree. I might have been a little bit of the opposite where I walked out of it feeling good, and then I kind of... Because what I had to come to terms with was that I really liked it for the first two acts, and then the third act just, like, tanked it for me. I thought the pacing, like, really dragged because... Yeah, the way it's set up is basically like it has this this big journey where this the interpreter is saving Jake Gyllenhaal's life. And then at the end, it's like the interpreter did this work for the U.S. military, didn't get what he was promised. He didn't get visas for his family. Jake Gyllenhaal is basically going back and getting him, but it centers around Jake Gyllenhaal. And I really did not like his performance in this movie.
0: Feels and super flat.
1: It's super weird. It was so stiff and weird. It's like almost like he didn't know what movie he was in, or he's just not suited to this kind of like scruffy military guy role. Like Jake Gyllenhaal does a really good slimy psychopath. I think that's. I agree. When he's at his best, but this I was like, I feel like he doesn't do this. Yeah, this kind of like macho guy.
0: Completely agree. I feel like there's a scene in the movie where he's having this like weird banter with another military guy about like getting secret information <laughs> and their banter is like, you got some information for me. And the other guy's like, uh, are you going to take me out on a date or something? And Jake Gyllenhaal is like, I don't know what information you got for me, but it's the most like awkwardly flat. <laughs> like there's no charm. Like, I like, I don't can't tell You guys are, like want to fuck? Are you guys, do you like each other? Like what is going on here? Um, I like when Jake Hall has this slimy villain role, charismatic villain role, like an ambulance. I think he's great in ambulance. I love an ambulance. Yeah,
1: Nightcrawler.
0: Nightcrawler. Uh, I think Velvet Buzzsaw is a weird movie, but I like him in it. Um, Okja, fucking weirdo in Okja, yeah. but he's great in that. When he's doing those kinds of roles, I like it a lot. But when he's trying to play like the macho military guy, it doesn't really work for me. Yeah. And then the ending really bothers me. The, not so much like what's happening but the the final like sub subtitle like the title cards they go they says like in 2022 uh america pulled all their troops from iraq and then in the next title card says like two months later the taliban took over again and it's just like it, it just rubbed me in the wrong way it wasn't my favorite ending if i'm being completely honest
1: no, I I understand. Like, I think it made an effort to be, like, you know, these interpreters were, like, wronged, and there are still a lot that need help. But at the end of the day, it's, like, it's still propaganda. Like, exactly. Like, even if you're coming at it from multiple angles. Yeah. So yeah. I agree. But I do I, – I agree with what we said before, that, like, Guy Ritchie is really great at directing, like, the action. Like, a lot of the scenes are really tense. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, yeah. and on the <laughs> – Bless you.
0: (laughs) Sorry, what what did you say?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're good. I was gonna say that I think the banter. I think that's just Guy Ritchie. Like I think that Americans just can't deliver Guy Ritchie's banter. That's
0: a really, really good point. I because in Wrath of
1: Man jason statham has a bunch of lines with like a bunch of americans and he can do it but everyone else i'm just like oh my god this is coming across like so uncool yeah so, good
0: point i didn't really put that one and one together but i think that makes sense yeah
1: some of it yeah some of it was a little awkward
0: are we giving it yay or nay
1: i give it a yay again yeah. like for home i think it's good just be ready for it to maybe drag a little bit at the end
0: i agree it's a yay for me perfect cool uh, evil dead rise we talked about a whole episode on this movie, so we're not going to go yes. in detail at all on this. Is it a yay? Is it a nay?
1: Big yay. Evil Dead yay.
0: I agree. Big yay. Chevalier? I think that's how you say it. Chevalier? I think so too. But Did you I didn't watch see it? it. No. I didn't watch it either. Did you? I heard, no. Okay. I heard good things though. I heard people liked it.
1: Yeah. I'll probably watch it when it's at home or or I don't know maybe I'll I want to head to the theater and, and and see some of these that I haven't seen so I've heard decent things
0: I've heard decent things I really like Kelvin Harrison Jr. as an actor I like period pieces so I feel like yeah. I would dig this but I just didn't get a chance to watch it so we don't know if it's yay or nay sorry everybody sorry Bo is afraid Ugh. there's zero reason for us to go in like super detail in this movie right now <laughs>
1: Yeah, Here's, I feel like everything's been said.
0: Right? Here's what I'll say. Here's my my two cents real quick. It's certainly a three-hour movie that I enjoyed for certain parts and other parts did not. Uh, I think you and I are in the same boat. We talked about this in the Patreon podcast episode, I think. Basically, I feel that, like, I think its messaging is interesting and I, I like its exploration of guilt but it feels like it's just hammering it in at the end and over explaining everything at the end. And it does not need to be three hours. It feels like it lacks a lot of focus and just loses any of the momentum it had in the first hour and a half or two hours. That's kind of how I feel about it.
1: Yeah, I agree. The, the bow is afraid stands have no one representing them on this podcast. right now,
0: (laughs) And there's a lot of them too.
1: There are a lot... I mean, like, the movie it has, like, good ratings. Like, I, most people enjoyed it, I think. But, yeah, for me, it just... I mean, you gotta just trust yourself. Like, I really just did not enjoy myself watching it. And not in the way that it's, like, I didn't enjoy watching Uncut Gems, you know? Like, I don't think it was by design. I think that it's really long. And I think, yeah, after the first act, it's not really introducing any, like... Anything new emotionally or thematically, and so it's just a lot of like weird stuff. And and I think it's cool that Ari Aster was able to get all of that out, everything he had to work through. But it makes sense to him, and it didn't. I don't think it it is uh, connecting to with everyone.
0: I agree. Who's who's watching it? So it's it's definitely a a very split audience. I've seen people say it's the best movie of the year. Other people saying it's awful. It's it's really, you just got to watch it for yourself type of movie yeah. and just take it in and see how you respond to it type deal.
1: Yep, exactly. And I think
0: for movies like this, I do think it's important for somebody to explore it and check it out because you never know how you might respond to it. It's not a traditional film. It's not a ghosted. It's not the covenant. It doesn't have a very traditional narrative. Nothing about it is traditional. So for us to say yay or nay feels unfair i feel like you just just gotta check it out yourself to find out
1: yeah that's a great point like i i always will support these like big swings where artists i mean it's it's pure unfiltered art and yeah it's not necessarily about whether it's good whether it's good or it's bad or you like it or not it's just interesting to kind of see uh, like what these really talented filmmakers can can come up with
0: i agree i agree perfect Suzume, the recent movie from Makoto Shinkai. I hope I'm not butchering that name. Director of Your Name, which is a very, very popular movie. Uh, Weathering With You, which I have not seen, but I know people love that as well. Your thoughts on Suzume?
1: I loved Suzume. It was my favorite movie of the month.
0: Oh, wow. This was your number one.
1: Yes. Oh, okay. Um, That's great. great. Yeah, I loved it. And I didn't think I i didn't know how I was going to feel because I, I watched Your Name after I saw this, um, but I hadn't seen it. I, I hadn't seen any other films from this director. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. I mean, the animation is so gorgeous. I couldn't believe how invested I was in the central relationship when the guy is literally a chair. A chair. <laughs> He's literally gets turned into a chair. A three-legged um, chair,
0: not even a regular chair. A
1: three-legged chair. chair. He's hobbling around. There's, like, an adorable cat. But, yeah, I mean, it it was – I didn't really know that the whole thing was going to be kind of this commentary on, like, natural – I think it's in the in, – it was kind of made in the wake of the whatever massive earthquake happened in Japan. Yeah,
0: 311, um, I think it's what they call it.
1: Yeah, and kind of the loss that comes with that. And – It just, it made me cry. It was funny. Like, the characters are very likable. I think that I had the same issue with it that I have a little bit with Your Name and that I thought sometimes the narrative could be a little bit redundant.
0: Oh, interesting. I I feel like it gets a little convoluted sometimes. Okay. It's just, sometimes these movies, Suzume and Your Name, it just gets complicated. Like, it's not a very straightforward narrative at all. Like, it involves a lot of time travel and, like, People are being turned into chairs, different dimensions type thing. It's just a very strange movie. So I think when you go to watch it, it, it does require a lot of your attention, probably more than a normal movie does. Because if you kind of look away for a second, you might get lost a little bit. And I think sometimes those types of movies, I, what I really like, it's, it's interesting when you get those kinds of movies.
1: Interesting. I didn't really feel like it was convoluted. Well, I guess I did, but it didn't really, uh, like, disturb my viewing experience. I kind of was like, whoa, this is complicated. But I knew in the end it didn't really matter whether I understood, like, all the intricacies of it. But yeah, what did you – I haven't talked to you about this one. What did you think of it overall?
0: I'm in in total agreement with you. I think that the director is very good at using – this like fantastical type of narrative to tell a really uh touching and frankly sad story on these catastrophic catastrophic events that happen in japan um i think your name is also like a discussion an exploration on some type of catastrophe i can't remember what it was um but the way he explores it it may be strange like yeah someone does turn into a chair and like there's a a big red worm that's like causing these earthquakes it's not really even like really a worm um but if you're willing to let yourself go and fall into the story it is really a beautiful film and i even said the word film i didn't even say movie that's how it, that's how wow. impressive i thought it was it is it is really cinema it is cinema it is a really <laughs> a movie that i feel like if you liked your name i think you would like this do you think it's better than your name
1: I liked it better than Your Name. I think Ooh. I'm ready to say that.
0: Wow, Your Name fans send angry DMs to Sydney Volpe well, and well, not me.
1: <laughs> well, I was surprised after I watched Your Name that it's heralded as like such a masterpiece. Um, even though I really liked it. But yeah, I think I liked Suzume better. Maybe I have like theater bias and cuz it was mm. my first my That's first fair. one that I watched from him. Um, but yeah. Big fat yes either way.
0: It is a big fat yes for me, too. Big yays. Check out Suzume. I'm sure it'll be streaming in the next month or so. Definitely check it yeah. out. The bigger question is, do you think this gets nominated for Best Animated Feature?
1: <gasps> Great question. Maybe. I don't really know a lot. Well, I guess we're getting, like, Spider-Verse. I'm trying Spider-verse. to think of animated movies.
0: The Miyazaki movie is a big one, too. That's supposed to be coming oh, out this yeah.
1: year. We'll see. I would definitely like to see that. Do That's, you?
0: like, the... Uh, well, that's a kind of the big like question, because your name did not get nominated. And I believe the O-T. year nor- your, your name did not get nominated, the fucking Boss Baby got nominated.
1: Um. Okay, good, because Boss Baby rocks.
0: Are you a Boss Baby fan? Yes. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. Are you really? You didn't know that? Yes, I <laughs> no. love Boss Baby.
1: <laughs> I don't fucking understand why no one likes it.
0: Wow, I didn't know you were a bo- are a Boss you Are you a Boss Baby back in business fan, too?
1: I haven't actually seen that one.
0: Oh, Okay, I don't know. I think I'm I made a that up. Fan. That's a thing, right?
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah, anyways. Boss Baby is so fun.
0: Yeah, your name to get not did not get nominated, but people are always like, "Yeah, Boss Baby did." In that movie, Fernando with John Cena, where he plays like a fucking bull.
1: Oh yeah, and a that Ferdinand. And...
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> what so did I say? Like... <laughs> fernando (laughs) fernando fernando is that a microaggression (laughs) you clearly knew what i was talking about so it doesn't matter yes i did carmen the movie carmen starring paul Mescal and melissa barrera did you watch it
1: no and i got like offers to like uh promote this movie and i didn't know what it was at first and then i was like damn maybe i regret that because i didn't know it was paul Mescal.
0: Yeah, and Paul smells uh, enough to promote a movie and Melissa of scream fame.
1: Yeah, and I le- yeah, she was great in Scream Six actually. I'm I'm officially a stan. But no, I I didn't see this. Did you?
0: I did not see this. No, but okay. I've heard good things so far, so I'm sure we'll watch it eventually.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see it.
0: The movie Sisu. Sisu. How do you feel about Sisu? I,
1: another one that it was like fine. I think I think I was uh. I was really excited going in, I'll say this, because I guess I'd seen mixed reception, but I was hoping I would fall on the like, yeah, that fucking rocked, end of the spectrum, cuz it's like the John Wick thing, the man who can't be killed and, you know, the
0: I feel like skull that equi- crushing. That comparison has made this movie worse for people.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's literally like he has the dog. It's the same thing that they're like, "Oh, he once killed someone this way. or You don't want to fuck with him. Like, like you know, people, like, gossiping about him. And it was from Lionsgate, and they were, like, from the studio that brought you John Wick. And so they kind of, I feel like they did that to themselves.
0: Oh, well, they 100% did. And I feel like, in theory, it does have, like, the same foundations of John Wick. Yes, he has a dog who doesn't really participate in the movie at all, to be honest. Uh. There is like stories about him as an old war hero. He killed all these Russians and things like that. But I feel like if you go into Sisu, knowing it's insanely camp and just like the most ridiculous, it, it's ridiculous in a different way than John Wick. John Wick's ridiculous because of what's happening on the screen, but like in a more serious way, it's more grounded in some type of reality. I might be a I don't know to say. why
1: you say it's camp. You just mean that it's like, uh, what's the it word I'm looking for?
0: Deliberately over the top. It is. Yeah, it is goofy and ridiculous, and it's not trying to be serious. I mean, there's a scene in in Sisu. I'm sorry, I'm spoiling it. There is a scene in Sisu where he uh, uses his pitchfork to hit the bottom of a plane to basically hitch a ride on the plane. Gets inside <laughs> the plane kills the people on the plane the plane then fucking crashes nose first into the ground and he survives because he like seat belts himself to like the wall Ridiculous. that was
1: kind of epic epic <laughs> but like i it, did you like you
0: can't go into that knowing you can't go into this movie thinking it's gonna be more like john wick because that would never happen in john wick
1: well he literally falls off like multiple john wick 4 was kind of getting there yeah, I don't but yeah, even... it, it wasn't like plane, like the whole plane is literally like incinerated.
0: <laughs> yeah, except, or even there's a scene for in Sisu him. where he's being like hung, he's in his noose and to prevent himself from choking to death, he like swings to the pole and then uses one of his old wounds in his like his leg or his side and puts a like is able to hook himself to the pole
1: from like a nail that's sticking out
0: exactly it's fucking like it's gross by the way but it was like i think if you go into it knowing they're deliberately just trying to be gonzo it's a fun time and i and i think because i've been able to readjust my mindset on it i've kind of liked it a lot more from being honest and i like that it's what like it, a period piece a very it starts off very fucking quiet no words at all i don't know i kind of enjoyed that
1: yeah what did you rate it
0: I gave it a three, but I'm like I I'm like between a three and three and a, five, a three and a half. If I'm being honest. I I, I okay. like have really grown on me. I like the uh, the women who are just like fucking like fucking people up at the end. And that was <laughs> that a good was time. Cool.
1: Okay, yeah, I gave it a three also. I, there was a lot I liked, but I thought that I do think it goes really gonzo. But I think the plane thing was like more out there than anything else, and I did think that it maybe it kind of presented this serious tone i wouldn't say it was self-serious but i think it was very into its whole like nazi world war 2 like barren wasteland thing and there was and the action was maybe a little bit uh you know like there wasn't enough of it for how slow it was moving it was for me th-
0: that is one of my biggest points of contention it was that For some reason, it moves at a snail's pace in the beginning, and I don't know exactly why. (laughs) They just didn't do more with the character, but it's not a perfect movie. I I ultimately gave it a three, and I would still say yay for At Home.
1: Yes, uh, definitely yay for At Home. I think it's a great streaming flick.
0: Great. Perfect. Uh, Big George Foreman. uh, Do
1: you know the whole title for this this. movie? Big George Foreman uh, Courting a Legend? (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh that was good that was good no
1: uh no i don't remember what is big it big
0: george foreman colon the miraculous story of the once and future heavyweight champion of the world
1: <laughs> wow that is a mouthful
0: that is they a mouthful. should have just
1: said like the grill guy
0: the grill guy yeah uh i did not watch this did you
1: no, but you know, I saw the trailer in the theater, and I thought it it looked really good. It it was getting like okay ratings, kind of like typical. It seems like typical like biopics type stuff.
0: Yeah, it looks basically like that. Uh, I'm not really big on like faith based movies, if I'm being honest, but I guess I'd watch it eventually. I'm not like no, that's fair. Keen on like getting to the movies to watch it though.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll probably check it out on streaming.
0: Uh, I'll be honest. Another movie that screams. I thought it was on Hulu. I thought it was like a direct, a streaming movie. I did not know the theatrical release.
1: Oh, I know. That was one of my thoughts about this month is that I, I always, like, I list all the movies and I check them off as I watch them. And sometimes I'll have a slow day at work or something. And I'm like, what could I watch right now? There was like nothing on streaming this month.
0: So strange. Besides it was like ghosted. ghosted.
1: I think that was literally Peter Pan and Wendy.
0: Peter Pan and Wendy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Strange, Craziness. strange, strange. Um, polite society. We did watch this one. Yes, L- I hear loved your... polite society. Yeah, I want to hear your polite society thoughts because I know you really liked it.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. Oh my gosh, I loved it. I was like so pleasantly. Well, i the first time I saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh, I'm locked in." Like, I love what this looks like. Like female led, Edgar Wright style action comedy. um The trailer was funny, just like super good energy. And, yeah, it kind of is, like, exactly what the trailer looks like. But I just thought, like, the two leads are so charismatic. It's really fucking funny, I thought. Um, yeah, I agree. And it it, it reminded me – I see complaints that it's kind of, like, a typical, like, coming-of-age story. And, like, her sister is seeing this guy. She, like, doesn't – she doesn't feel right about it. She thinks, like, there's something going on. Um, and she tries to stop their wedding. And it it felt more like an Edgar Wright film to me in the way that it's kind of like a normal plot that like gets really uh like out there at the end, or at least I think at World's at World's End uh has that sort of situation. It and does, people said and that's that, yeah why
0: I don't like At World's End.
1: Oh, okay, because people were complaining about that with Polite Society, like oh it gets a little too ridiculous. But that's kind of what I liked about it.
0: Interesting, I liked. 75 I mean I like 100% of the movie but I was super on board for about 75% of it I don't want to give away the ending because I feel like this is a movie it's a big yay for me and I feel like people should be watching this ASAP um, so I don't want to spoil it but I do feel like it has that comparison to At World's End in that you have this one pretty straightforward plot line it's very fun very funny narrative And then it gets to this point and it kind of just goes off the rails and either you're you love it and you're into it or you may not vibe with it. But I still think the movie ends on a great note and it's still 100 percent worth your time watching. I was going to ask you, how packed was your theater? Because I saw it on like a Sunday night and I feel like it was busier than I expected in a good way. I was happy people were there, but I was curious how your how your showing was.
1: My, I saw it at the early AMC screening um, and I forget what day of the week it was, but it was pretty packed and people were like really loving it. And I actually, so I missed the first like 10 minutes of the movie. I told you this. And so I went and I, <laughs> the night I saw Sisu, I saw, I went into the theater for it again that night and watched the first 10 minutes because i was like i wonder what i missed <laughs> and that was like a normal night like after it had come out and it was still like decently packed there were like That's a couple good. groups of friends that were there um Fun. so yeah i think there's like a, a group of people who were really excited for it and i think i've seen some good word of mouth for it too so i hope more people go and see it
0: i agree i agree it feels like a movie that once it does go to streaming it'll probably do really well as well
1: Yep, and I, I I got some feedback on my YouTube video that people were like the trailer looked generic. I didn't really know. And I think it is like it, the personality is there like even more than the trailer makes it seem. But mm-hmm. I will say like it's going to get a lot of comparisons to Edgar Wright, like Scott Pilgrim versus the World.
0: Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah.
1: it's not quite, you know, it's a directorial debut. It doesn't have a huge budget, so I wouldn't expect like this big like masterpiece, but no, for I what agree. it is, yeah, yeah, it's just like so fun.
0: Completely agree. I really liked it. It's a big yay from both of us. Yes. How to blow up a pipeline. The most recent from Neon Studios. Um, What do I say that won't put me on the FBI watch list? <laughs> uh, I, I do not love condone,
1: this condone the activities. <laughs> yeah, you, you loved this movie.
0: This was my favorite movie of April. I Tell me about it. was blown away by it. I think <laughs> Well, okay, well first of all, I, as some people may know, maybe you don't know, I'm a big heist guy. Love a heist movie. And oh, I feel I like the heist huh. subgenre is really difficult to fuck up. You can get a bad heist movie and it's still at the bare minimum a good time. And How to Blow Up a Pipeline, I see a lot of people comparing it to like Ocean's 11. Interesting comparison. I guess to an extent I see it. I I don't want people to go watch this movie thinking it's like that. Uh, It is not no comedy at all. It's very much a drama thriller. uh, Very few moments of any comedy. Um, But I get it in the sense that it is about a group of people recruiting a bunch of different people with different skill sets to break the law. So in some sense it is like Ocean's Eleven And if you look at it like that, it is a very, very modernized take on the heist movie, about a group of people upset with climate change and want to do something to make change and not just use their voice and and you know there's a it's a it's an interesting commentary on this. We're in this time in our lives where a lot of the Twitter discourse is like, use your voice and vote. Voting is important, and I'm not saying voting is not important but this movie definitely comments on the fact that like sometimes that's not enough and real change needs to happen and sometimes for real change to happen laws need to be broken and uh i don't know i was in love with it i thought it was just excellently executed had a killer soundtrack really tense moments i was in love with this how did you feel
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It's so good. Even though Suzume was my favorite of the month, I mean, How to Blow Up a Pipeline is right up there as just being like a really great movie, well-executed. And I hadn't really thought of the heist angle. That's really interesting and so true. I think I was very caught up in the fact and like... How grounded and how it had a sort of like pseudo-documentary feel
0: yeah, yeah, to yeah. a
1: lot of it. It had kind of the grit of like Sean Baker and like the 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 thrilling editing and and, yeah, and score and sound design of like a Safdie Brothers movie. Um and yeah, there's just a lot going on that was really cool and really well done. I was like fucking stressed.
0: I was stressed too. I think there was a moment in the movie where One of the characters is trying to, like, put a certain little string inside of it. I don't know what the fuck the parts are, but he's trying to do something with a bomb. (laughs) And he cut something. And I think I audibly, like, let out a huge sigh of relief because he didn't fucking explode.
1: Yes. It's It's very unpredictable. I mean, you feel like you're fucking building bombs with these people.
0: Now, that's a really good segue to a common criticism I've read. And I... I don't want to spoil this because I want people to watch this movie really badly, but I feel like this is important to talk about. So if you want to watch this, skip five minutes. Okay, here we go. Spoiler time. Ready? Yes. A common criticism I've seen is that it wraps up too neatly. It's too happy of an ending that they actually are successful and blow up this pipeline. How do you feel about that?
1: Um, that's okay. Okay. I I understand that criticism. I guess how would you Well, I don't even know if it really wrapped up all that neatly. Someone's in prison.
0: But it uh, that's what the plan was, right? For them to go to yeah. prison. That was the, the everything goes to plan basically. And so I, a lot of the common criticisms that I've read are yeah, it just ends with a bow. And my rebuttal to this is that I feel like it would be more cliche for this to not end with a bow on top of it. For it to end with them getting caught or, like, someone dying or, like, uh, the bomb not exploding. I I feel like that would be the more cliche ending. Do you agree or how do you feel about that? I guess, I don't know.
1: But I think whether it's cliche or not, I think the ending kind of worked in keeping it as, like, something like for like somehow it managed to have this this balance of being something fictional but also having like real world implications and like handling handling those themes with care. I don't think it had to be like this sobering ending like we get yeah. it, you know. Um I agree. and it still was just kind of like an interesting story that isn't real. Yeah. And so yeah, I think not I'm yet. with you. The ending the ending didn't bother me, though. I get it. Like, I get people making that complaint. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Yay or nay?
1: Oh, definitely yay. And it's on VOD now. So everyone and it's on watch. VOD.
0: I agree. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Big yay for me. Check it out. Watch it. Uh, Don't make any text to friends about Blanco Pipeline, or you'll end up on the <laughs> FBI watch list, and don't blame this podcast.
1: No, please do not.
0: The next movie... Our next couple we didn't watch. We didn't watch Showing Up, correct?
1: Oh, no, I didn't.
0: The Kelly Reichardt movie? Mm-mm. Mm, I heard good things, have not seen it. Uh, The movie Nefarious? Some horror movie <laughs> that people have been, like, weirdly telling me to watch? Have you heard anything about it? Have
1: they? No, I,
0: t- I told
1: you. One shitty exorcism movie a month. I I, I skipped this. I remember seeing the trailer and... I was just like, how is this even a theatrical release?
0: Why are people telling
1: you to watch it? Did they think it was good?
0: Uh, I think some people thought it was, but it turns out the do you know what the story is behind it or like why people are talking about it? Uh, no. It's because it's it's been, it's spun as like this horror movie with demons and supernatural aspects to it. And while it may have some of those things, it's actually a vehicle for a lot of right-wing propaganda. <laughs> <gasps> it's like Wait, an anti, anti-woke anti horror film
1: what the fuck <laughs> yeah.
0: i think it got popular off like uh off social media off tiktok there was this one creator an anti-woke creator who usually makes like anti-woke content posted about the movie saying like this movie isn't doing well on rotten tomatoes because it's anti-woke it's being review bombed <laughs> <laughs> like I took all of me not to respond to this person, but Oh
1: my god.
0: Yeah, apparently it's like a yeah, an anti-woke horror movie. So now I'm like oh curious god. to watch it, but all the reviews are terrible. It's apparently shitty.
1: Yeah, I wanna say I'll have to like pirate it or something.
0: That's amazing. So I don't yeah.
1: so I don't give it any money or anything. Uh, wow, that's like the plot twist of the century. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> what the there he is. I know. <laughs> I'll watch it soon and find out. Wow. Uh, Peter Pan and Wendy on Disney, Disney, I was going to say Disney Channel, Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. Your thoughts on Peter Pan and Wendy? I
1: think I liked this more than you. And someone was like, LOL at my... YouTube recap because I had this ranked above Bo is Afraid, um, <laughs> and I'm like, they're different movies. I don't know what to
0: say. You're going to get <laughs> that guy coming back in the comments saying Bo is Afraid, B O Binary Operative. Bo is. Kup-K-B-O. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're come back Green, for you. The Wizard of Oz,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kubrickian. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Peter Pan and Wendy, like, David Lowry is, like, I've only seen The Green Knight from him, I think. Oh. Like, I'm not really, like, a David Lowry stan or anything. And The Green Knight, I didn't even love that much, but...
0: Whoa, watch it. I,
1: I know, sorry. I know that you have a tattoo of it. Tattoo so. on my body. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally permanently <laughs> on your body. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought that, like... I guess I went into it expecting like literally the worst thing ever, like Peter Pan is one of the Disney classics that I probably watched the most growing up um and so I feel a little like protective over Peter and uh Peter Pan, but I thought it was fine I thought it was like fine and nice. I actually thought I felt like I could feel like David Lowry wrote it also, and I felt like I could feel his kind of style and his like ethos coming through a little bit yeah more than usual hmm for these. So, yeah, I just thought it was fine and I guess that was like way better than I was expecting. What did you yeah. think?
0: I agree to the extent that I also walked into this movie or sat down into this movie expecting literal shit. After Pinocchio <laughs> from last Pinocchio year, I was so just bad. like at what point like do we get lower than this? It's possible we do. And I think Peter Pan and Wendy surprised me in the fact that it's not literal shit. It is much better than a movie like Pinocchio, but I do think it still just lacks. And this is my problem with a lot of these remakes: it just lacks a, a charm. Any sense of like wonder and magic is is kind of replaced with this idea of like reality and realistic. And like even like the color palettes alone. I know people have been pointing this out with a lot of the live action remakes. They just look bland and kind of boring. And like a lot of these movies you are are being transferred into live action and they're losing all of that magic from the beautiful animation. And I think a lot of people are bummed by that. Yeah. And certain movies like Peter Pan, a movie about kids flying around in Neverland kind of needs that magic to really keep it alive. I think that being said, it's not terrible either. I think it's better than what people are expecting and I think it's updates because let's be honest, the first Peter Pan is uh, aged poorly in a lot of different ways. And I think the updates in this modern version are, are fantastic. I'm glad it's more uh, accessible for a lot of people, people of color, for uh, the Lost Boys. There's girls. There's even uh, one of the Lost Boys has Down syndrome. I think all of those adaptations are great. And I think those are those are the reasons why we should be updating these movies but if you still can't capture the magic, it felt like a little bit of a loss for me. But again, better than I expected.
1: Yeah, I agree. That was something I wanted to bring up, just how much diversity they brought to it and, and fixed like the shitty parts of the original um I saw a letter but yeah I saw a letterbox review that was like this isn't neverland this is like someone's backyard in wales <laughs> <laughs> And it's true like the color palette is very like washed out I think that's kind of like half like a David Lowry thing he was making a little bit yeah, like Yeah yeah I don't I don't even know It was, yeah. I didn't love that it didn't feel super magical. There was, like, one moment where they first get to Neverland with, like, the mermaids, like, the, like, bioluminescent, mm -hmm. like, mermaids that was so cool. But then the rest of it is kind of just really underwhelming. Um, And you texted me, (laughs) like, (laughs) goes, Peter Pan is the villain, not clickbait. (laughs) But he kind of was. I was, like, shocked that they kind of were, like...
0: They give Hook he a backstory, that, yeah, because we never Someone's... before we knew Captain Hook, like I don't think we knew or even there was even a backstory that he was once on Neverland and was kicked out by Peter Pan, and that's why they have this rivalry, right,
1: yeah, I think it I think it just was that like, yeah, he was once a kid on Neverland or something. that's kind of like the most that you know.
0: But now we know yeah. Peter Pan was like, get the fuck out of here, Captain Hook. I <laughs> know. What the <laughs> and fuck? And that's why he became Captain Hook.
1: Yeah. So that Wild was kind stuff. of tea.
0: Yeah. Kind of tea. Yeah. You know, in the end, I would still recommend this. I still think it's important watching, and I think it's good watching. I would still say yay.
1: I I ended up saying like nay, because I think there are just better adaptations you could watch. I don't. I haven't seen Hook in so long,
0: oh, but I, was I ask you. How do you the, feel about Hook?
1: I haven't seen it, but I liked the Peter Pan from two, what was it, two thousand three?
0: Yeah, two thousand three. That one. That one kicks ass.
1: Yeah. So I think it's fine if you truly like don't have anything else to watch, but there's nothing here that you can't get elsewhere. I think.
0: True. Okay. Okay. It is better than Bo is Afraid, though, according to Sydney's YouTube video. Oh. So. Well, I- <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an awful comparison to make but yeah i, I, I was guess just, i ranked it above it
0: i was just talking about this with clara on a podcast that might be out already i can't remember but we talked about how like some people make the most ridiculous comparisons there was a rotten tomatoes review for age of ultron an audience review by the way of course and the audience review says this movie has a higher score than rocky that That's the uh, review on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: <laughs> like, Dude, that is one of – I feel like people don't talk about this enough. It's one of my biggest pet peeves that it's like, you know, someone will go through all your ratings for the year and they're like, whoa. Like, uh, t- I don't even know what it would be. It's like you rated like t- – fuck. I can't think of an example now. But they're just comparing like two movies that have nothing to do with each other. That you're rating with like completely different expectations, completely different criteria. It's like just, it's just a waste of time making that argument.
0: I completely agree. And I have experienced it on Letterboxd myself. I feel like I rated some classic movie like a three and a half. And then the next day I watched like fucking WALL-E and gave it like a five. And they're like, WALL-E is better than this classic movie? And my response to that immediately is apples and oranges. You, yes. You can't make these comparisons because it's not fair. It may seem like you can make these comparisons simply because they're both movies, but they're completely different in genres, in tone, in in every basic aspect. You can't make that comparison. It's a false equivalency. That that's a shitty argument for anybody to make. Don't make those arguments. If you're if you're saying exactly. that in real life, stop. Stop doing that. You're not gonna get anywhere yeah. with it.
1: Like the five star scale or whatever scale, like. I guess, is objective if you look at it that way, but, like, the people are the ones who are supposed to be adding nuance to it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Remember, so, ratings are all I made up know. anyways. No one gives a shit.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Last movie of April. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Big yay for me. How do you feel?
1: Big yay. What a lovely little movie that I feel like it was. This the biggest surprise of the month.
0: Mm, that's a good question i would say it could be it could be maybe mafia mama no 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 no, no, no. (laughs) maybe ghost no no
1: uh polite society i think could be the other contender
0: i think polite society to the extent that i didn't think it would be that good i don't know i thought it was i expected to be good and it was good maybe that was crazy I feel like Are You There, God, God, It's Me, Margaret had either the potential to be really, really bad or really, really good. And so its result was kind of up in the air, but it definitely landed in the very good space.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, maybe I felt a little like it was kind of giving me streaming movie vibes. But I don't know why. I mean, maybe do we just not get like feel good family movies in theaters anymore? I don't know why it felt odd to me. When's the like, last time we
0: saw a feel-good family movie? I 80 for truly, Brady?
1: I know, like, I don't remember, but no. It's not family, that's friends. True, And now we're true. getting book club. What's up with these, like, old lady movies?
0: I don't know. It's not book club, Cindy. <laughs> it's book club, The Next Chapter. It's a fucking sequel. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry.
1: <laughs> Wait, what? It's a, there was a first
0: one? There's. A, th- that's why it's called The Next Chapter. There was a first uh, book club. Wild. Wow. Mild. i didn't even know that apparently there's an audience for it i don't know apparently um i honestly felt that are you there god it's me margaret A didn't feel i thought it was a streaming movie if i'm being honest is it just me or did it feel like they weren't really marketing it i don't know
1: um yeah i think they weren't marketing it I, well i feel like i did see a decent amount of marketing for it or maybe maybe i saw a lot of um like early critic reactions i think they they did a lot of early screenings which is good it shows that they're they're confident and they knew it was like a solid movie and that critics would like it um and they were right i mean i thought it was i gave it three and a half stars like they were definitely i definitely didn't think it was like perfect but it totally succeeds as like a great coming of age story that touches on like so much like i was surprised just how much it got into the whole religion thing because i read the book growing up but yeah i don't remember like a lot about the book um and it is also genuinely extremely funny i was shocked
0: it is is. very funny
1: rachel mcadams as a 70s mom was amazing kathy bates is hilarious uh benny safty was really good
0: all of her friends are great,
1: yes, yeah, yeah, and the i I'm forgetting the girl's name, but she played baby cassie Cassie Lang in the m c u oh yeah, 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 um, yeah, she was really good, and it just touches on it's like really reliving your childhood and like it's awkward, but it was also like really great, and it just worked in a lot of ways,
0: I completely agree, I have no relationship to the book, you know i'm I grew up as a, in the 90s, 2000s, 2000s era, and I'm a boy, and I didn't read Are You There? God, It's Me, Margaret. But my <laughs> sisters read it, and they loved it. And so I have no relationship to the book at all. But despite that, I walked in with kind of high expectations because I know everybody was loving it, and I thought I completely succeeded in being a, just a wonderful, genuine coming-of-age story. Um and like i I just I have like zero complaints, really. I mean, it's one of those movies that I feel like most people should be watching. um have you seen Edge of Seventeen? Yes, how do you feel like this compared to that since the director directed that as well
1: yeah i I honestly haven't seen it since it came out. i don't i so I couldn't really comment on like just how good it is, but clearly she has a a really strong knack for like genuine and genuine like evocative coming of
0: age stuff she does she does it's a big yay for me i honestly truly think that you should be going to watch it with your family your friends people should be watching this movie it does such a good job and that's why the book is so important it does such a really good job just tackling these subjects that are are seen as you know um uh as like what's the, what's the word
1: taboo yes No, but I see what you're saying. I mean, it doesn't shy away from them. It's, like, very upfront about, like, yeah, she's going to get her period. Like, they're talking about, like, getting their first bra, whatever. Um, Yeah, just being super upfront about that. And I think it's, yeah, for younger audiences, it's really good for just making, yeah, like, younger people feel seen and, like, everything that you're going through is normal. And then for older people, it's just very – funny and very sweet and and there's a ton of nostalgia involved
0: yeah and I think it's a good reminder for older people for parents about the anxieties that young people feel and and kind of go through that's why the book has always been heralded and loved for so long because it's never been shy to talk about these issues and really bring the reality of what it's like to grow up as a female with all these issues and all these obstacles and the movie does a good job adapting that, I think.
1: Yep, I Great. totally agree.
0: Big yay from both of us then. Go watch Are You There, Guys? Me Margaret. Yes. All right, we've done it. That, that was, was it? Movies. That was it. I don't think we missed wow. anything, right?
1: I know. I think that was our biggest recap yet.
0: It was our biggest recap yet. We both picked our favorite already. Your favorite was Suzume. Mine was Pipeline. Yeah. Yes. Our least favorite was Ghosted.
1: Uh, yes, there was nothing worse. Yeah, I was ghosted.
0: (laughs) I don't think so, right?
1: (laughs) This wasn't the month of uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey.
0: And I think we chose our big surprise as Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, right?
1: Yeah, I think that, like, with the other ones, like, the ones that I thought would be fine were fine. That was the one that I was expecting something kind of middling, and it was, like, surprisingly really sweet and great.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well... We've done it. We recapped April. May is here. We're in May now. And honestly, Sydney, May looks like it's going to suck ass. Which is. <laughs> Don't Isn't say that because there,
1: there are Guardians of the Galaxy stands and Little Mermaid stands. You yeah, will be okay. mad.
0: Okay. Hear, hear, hear me out on this. <laughs> One, I love Guardians. And two, I'm sure Little Mermaid will be hopefully good and make a ton of money. But is it strange that May, which is kind of like the kickoff for Summer Movie Month, to be this light in movies? Like besides Guardians of the Little Mermaid, we're getting Fast X and that's it for blockbusters. Everything else is um, kind of middle of the line budget or lower budget movies.
1: Yeah, is that true? I'm trying to look at it now. White Men Can't Jump. Which that's I watched. I can't say anything
0: about about that one yet.
1: I know. I saw that you watched it
0: yeah um, uh tea. book club the next chapter fool's paradise hypnotic still the michael j fox documentary blackberry the mother starring jennifer lopez on netflix am i missing something sanctuary um, the neon movie
1: oh yeah sanctuary uh, i have oh master gardener the oh, paul master schrader Gardner, film the paul schrader movie. that i'm excited yeah. for
0: yeah, but that's not um, like I wouldn't. It's not a big release at all.
1: I'm excited for Knights of the Zodiac.
0: <laughs> oh, are you? Yes. Why?
1: Because I like stuff like that.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Um, I guess, I, yeah, that's a movie coming out. Sure, sure, sure.
1: You hurt my feelings. Did you say that?
0: A twenty-four Sundance movie, I think, right? Uh yeah. Blackberry.
1: Blackberry, I'm excited for, but yeah, it's just kind of like. And Guardians guardians, and the Little Mermaid are on, like, opposite ends of the month. So in the middle, it's going to be But is weird. it strange,
0: though? Do you find it strange that this May we're not getting, like, June and July are just fucking stacked? Is it weird that May isn't? Because I feel like it's extremely strange to me. Like, I look at this and I cannot believe this is the month we have to look forward to.
1: I don't know. I don't know like what past May's have been like, but it's possible that this is just kind of the wasteland between the summer and the beginning of the year.
0: Not yeah, like, clearly.
1: Well, but not. I mean, they you know, they put Little Mermaid in here. I am excited about that movie. I'm cautiously optimistic, but it is going to make like a ton of money. Like everyone's going to be seeing that and that's exciting. Fa- but Fast X, don't sleep on the Fast and Furious fans.
0: I'm not sleeping on that. They're like, them. They're like they're the gonna, they're gonna show up They're going to show up for sure. Yeah, There's they are. My mind. Here's a good comparison to last May. You ready? Okay. Yeah. We got Doctor Strange: the Multiverse of Madness. Slay. Top Gun: Maverick. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, indeed. Um, <laughs> Firestarter. Oh. That was a movie. Uh, we got Men <laughs> that, that that year that month. Men. Oh, that was also a movie. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Okay. Good Morning, starring Machine Gun Kelly. Oh my God! You watched that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It was terrible.
1: <laughs> Worse than Ghosted, if you can believe it.
0: Wow! Uh, the Bob's <laughs> Burgers movie. Okay. Um. And oh, Jurassic World no not Jurassic world um
1: this okay. kind of sucks too
0: i guess it does kind of suck maybe you're right maybe may <laughs> is like the fucking wasteland
1: may gets two good blockbusters and the rest of the time everyone just has to fend for themselves
0: <laughs> wait till june for all the good stuff to come <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess it oh, is. i know
1: i'm kind of like for youtube even i'm like what do i even talk about you it's like they're all having a mid-off like what do i talk about <laughs>
0: you should do a video called the mid-off and then the mid the mid-movies
1: may mid-off may that's mid-off a good idea
0: that's actually that's a really good idea i like that a lot um uh, you could do a, a fast and furious rewatch for all the movies
1: i can't see i'm like there are a lot of franchises I, that are like blind spots for me and with fast and furious i'm like there's just too many What's even the... Like, I can't do it in time. I can't watch 10. Fa- I've seen one Fast and Furious movie.
0: And it's not even the first and one, And it was right? nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, so you're not going to watch nine of them, all one through nine, for our episode on Fast X?
1: Our episode?
0: Yeah, I'm recruiting you now. I didn't for Fast agree and- to this. <laughs> you agreed to be a co-host of this podcast? That, that means... The terms are we randomly watch the contingent. I mean, what else are we going to talk about this month? You want to talk about the should, Knights of zodiac?
1: Maybe. I think that's a sleeper hit. <laughs> <laughs> a blackberry is okay, definitely. Also, everyone Sh- sanctuary is like this month's um infinity pool.
0: Oh, I hope so. It looks awesome.
1: It's for the sickos.
0: It is for the sickos. I'm I'm in. I like Christopher Rabbit.
1: Yeah, and I I like Paul Schrader, like okay. I didn't like the card counter. Oh, but... I liked it a lot. Oh, did you?
0: Yeah, big fan, big fan.
1: But I think Master Gardener is literally like he's like a Nazi, and he oh. meets like some black girl, and she's like, she like fixes him. Oh, and Lord. I think some people were not super happy about oh, that God. premise.
0: <laughs> I have not watched anything, no trailers. I haven't read anything about it. It should be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, May is going to be probably mid, but that's okay. That's the way it goes.
1: Mid-May.
0: Mid-May. Uh, perfect. I'm excited to
1: see Guardians uh, tomorrow.
0: Yes. So. And we'll have an episode on it to talk about it. Um yes. I liked it a lot, so I'm excited for you to watch it, and we'll talk about Guardians. We'll talk about Guardians, we'll and the plan is Guardians and our favorite f- f- found family, family found, found family movies. I like it. Yeah, we'll do that. Guardians and our favorite found family movies. Cool. Cool. Well, perfect. That is the end of our April recap. Um, Thank you so much for everybody listening. If you haven't heard already, we have a Patreon. You can subscribe to Patreon. Get exclusive episodes to uh, MCU episodes, horror episodes, where Sydney and I talk about horror movies. Our next episode is on horror for beginners, which... I am having a blast right now watching some of these older movies that I am considering in our top five. I don't know how you feel.
1: Dude, no, I know. I asked, I put a poll out on my Instagram story just to see like what, what would everyone consider a good beginner horror movie. Oh, what I were they saying? Good. There was a big variety and that's what I'm excited to talk about. Like what is beginner horror? Yeah. Because um, you got, you know- the Gremlins. You've got the Exorcist. You've got it. It's like, what's exorcist? the Exorcist? Yes, someone uh, said that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> if you want to trauma, di- okay. Well, we'll save it for <laughs> we'll, the Patreon we'll conversation. It. You got to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, that that'll be our Patreon episode this week. So if you're listening to this episode, oh, actually, I don't know when this episode will come out. Regardless uh that uh, is an episode for patreon check out the patreon we appreciate the support if you can't support on patreon that's okay we uh, greatly appreciate you just listening to the free episodes it means a lot to us um rate review on apple on spotify um we'll have free episodes all the time any final thoughts from you sydney on april on patreon on anything on horror um
1: horror is the best april was good um no i don't know we love you guys if yeah if you can join us on patreon i'm super excited to hear feedback about about what we're talking about with beginner horror so
0: perfect all right well with that being said sydney i will talk to you later listeners thank you so much for listening to this episode and uh we'll see you guys next week goodbye listeners